Okay, bandits. Let's All right, can we do this? Part. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Oh, it's, it's recording. Fall. I can do it. I've started to record, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Critics' Corner for October 26th, 1984. Nothing could be greater than to sit in a theater, be it now or be it later, and to watch a cyborg hater, cause her son's a future traitor. Can you imagine if he slayed her? Then she'd go meet her creator, a bigger threat than old Darth Vader or a mutant alligator, with footsteps that leave huge craters. Don't forget to tip your waiter and see Arnold Schwarzenegger in the film Conan the Destroyer. What? I didn't see the other one. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. Welcome to episode 63 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we travel back to October 26th, 1984, and the theatrical release of both the Halloween-themed film clip compilation-slash-documentary Terror in the Isles, starring Donald Pleasance and Nancy Allen, and the sci-fi action classic The Terminator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. But before we dive into the the week's films. Fred and Dan, where were you boys the week before Halloween in 1984? I think I was, I think this may have been, I think this may have been the year that I went as Qbert. <laughs> for Halloween. I, I love that you went as Qbert. <laughs> Your mom made it. That's right. I absolutely demanded that my mother make me a Qbert <laughs> costume. Did you How? just hop around going, that's exactly that was my favorite. Oh. Yeah. Well, these, you know, you would, we went out and I was like, I want to be Cubit. And my mother's like, what the hell is that? And I said, well, let me show you. And I showed her on the Atari or on the, you know, whatever we had. I think we must, probably still had Atari at this time. We're probably playing it like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually. Right. In 84. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, he's orange and he's round. Okay. And we went and got, you know, some big like orange poster board and did the best, did the best that we could. <laughs> but my mom, unlike your mom, Fred, she kind of left me to my own devices <laughs> that she was like, all right, I'll buy you the stuff, but you have to make this ridiculous thing. And it didn't come out quite right, but it was, but it was, uh, the no, like, you know, he has that sort of nose cone. Like he has like yeah. basically a yeah. cylinder for a nose. Yeah. I had, I had, imagine I had this giant like orange oval that I basically, Basically had in front of me and in back of me that I like <laughs> taped or stapled together and gave myself armholes. And then the nose cone was this like little like it was it was basically a um, a uh, a paper towel holder. It was like a <laughs> that's, flag, well, that's perfect. You know. What else would you but use? It was too small. It wasn't the right proportion. But people still knew who I was, and uh, um, uh, and that was that was I believe that was this year. Would I have that, been that in? Sense. I, I would have been in sixth grade in this year. Uh, no, yes. no, no, no. Yes. yes. Is that about yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So I think seven, this was yeah. the year that I must have been, must have been Kubert. And that was a, that was, Kubert ranks up there as the most, probably the most frustrating video game. 
I would think, because because of mm. all the angles, right? Because you're constantly going on diagonals and you're not used to doing that, you know? You're not yeah, used to you're like, right. okay, if I go down, I could go left or right, you know what I mean? And 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 it, 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 that game drove me uh, absolutely crazy. We had a video game in our, uh, video arcade in our town called Maglione's and it was a, it was a um, Italian ice place, Maglione's oh, Ices. Yeah. What's better were, than that? Italian Ices and some Q-Bert? I know, that's all well, that's what that's, we would that's do. That's 1984, right? There. Exactly. Oh. I mean, it is 1984. We would we would go down after school. We'd go down. We'd get a bunch of you know you'd, you'd get a bunch of quarters or you'd you'd put the oh and that's the other thing Maglione's had. If you put um uh if you got quarter tokens there, you know you might you might get like the golden token, which got you like five dollars worth of tokens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Whoa. you always wanted to get your tokens there rather than bringing quarters in. But anyway, um. You know, you'd go after school and you'd get an Italian ice and you'd get they had hot dogs and stuff, too, with the with the onions, like with the grilled onions, you know, like that soupy orange. Oh, that shit. Whatever the hell (laughs) that shit is. So not really onions. Not (laughs) not really. No, it came out of a can and God only knows what those are. And you put those on there. (laughs) They're onions. It's a U.N. dash. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. dead sliced <laughs> marinated cuberts. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. It was. Yeah. Cubert meats. Cubert juice. That's what it's yeah. Like. yeah. You put cubert you juice, juice on it. Your- you want cubert juice on it or non cubert juice? Yeah, it's on there anyway. And you'd get a blue. Everything was everything had a color. So you had the orange hot dog, you had the blue Italian ice, <laughs> and you'd stand there and play Defender or Cubert or Burger Time or whatever. What was your go to game, Fredo, at, at the arcade? Cubert, I loved. I yeah. loved Cubert. I was really good at it on the Atari version, at least. The, mm. the arcade version, not so much. I love. Arcade version were always harder. Always. Yeah, they're always harder. Like Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, I didn't realize oh, so frustrating. how difficult that was. And there's that great, have you guys seen that documentary, A Fistful of Quarters? Yes, oh, it's great. King of Kong? It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's, one it's of the amazing. Best movies of that year, yeah. But, yeah. They, but they, they talk about that, how like deceptively yeah. difficult it it's is. So and hard. after watching the movie, I thought, oh my God, you're right. I never got far in Don- Like the ColecoVision version of Donkey Kong, I did fine on, but yeah. you're right, the arcade version. I never, I never got past anything. Um, I'm trying to think, what were my, what were my other uh, big ones? I I mean, these were later because Uh I remember, and I think we've talked about this. um, We'd go to the ground round and the ground round always had like (laughs) the best arcade games. Although we also, we had a little place, we had a place called Tiamo's which was like a little corner store and they nice. always, they always had two video games in the back, but they were always really good. Like I remember they had the, um, the Indiana Jones temple. Of yes. Doom one. That was a great game. That was we great walk game. from here. We walk from here. Kalima will rule the world. Um, and then <laughs> we Every had. Every time you died, it would go, Kalima will rule the world. And you'd go, yeah. fuck you, Kali. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in Tehan would be like, hey, language, language back there. <laughs> But we also had, then we had Laces, which was the roller skating rink. Yeah, Yeah, and that had all the video games. But I remember there, there was a game called, and again, this was a little later, or maybe not, I can't remember, but it was called Russian Attack. Yes, yes, I remember that one. Russian Attack. Yeah, you go, dink, 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 d
Yeah. Uh, you know, people would yell at you in Russian. But <laughs> the Tron one was always, oh. I didn't play the Tron one much, but it was so cool to look at. Fred, you are it seemed, reading. It seemed like out of my league. Yes. I was like, that's what the older kids play. <laughs> Fred, you are saying the words that are in my brain. There are games that were for the older kids. Yeah. And you sat, you stood there and you watched older kids play them yeah. and they usually had a cigarette and some <laughs> games and some games had an ashtray built in on the game <laughs> so that people wouldn't right. put their cigarette on it and leave a burn mark <laughs> this is blowing my mind that you're saying this tron i would watch older kids play never even attempted that i was like this is no. way too complicated berserk remember berserk i would watch older kids play that Still, to this day i don't understand berserk yeah tempest I was like, oh, yeah, really? I never played that they, either. They just turned the dial and were like, blah, 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 blah. the ball. This, Wasn't that one with the ball? Was that Tempest a ball with the ball? Or a dial or some kind of damn okay. thing. And I was like, I don't understand. This is for 17 year olds. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. I'm fascinated by it. And this, this is, kid seems to be really good at it. Did you go down the arcade, your, Jason? Your AP class you need for this, Yeah, exactly. Um, that was advanced gaming. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, like the the bowling alley that, that we would go yeah, to or the roller ring cat. Oh, sure. You know, so I didn't go to an yeah, I didn't go to a specific arcade, but I would, you know, play video games. And I had, think I had said my mom had worked in a, a restaurant that had mm-hmm. like the, the video game tables, you know, yep. those those tables in the in the lounge area. <laughs> and my sister and I would play those all the time. Yeah, I loved uh, loved Donkey Kong, uh, the, the Pac-Mans. Yeah, I did, the Russian thing I've not heard of. <laughs> I know, knew nothing about that one. I, my favorite, the one I can still see in my bone that just felt so satisfying was Centipede, just like the one. Oh, just Centipede the one. was good. Sure. I, yeah. I loved it. And that might be a, a kitty one or something, because I, I yeah. don't remember. There's not much strategy. You're just rolling back and forth and that thing's weaving through the mushrooms and you're just like. Yeah, that one has a ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Centipede just, was the ball. Yeah, yeah. That had you're a right. Ball. Centipede was the ball. Track uh, ball. And Tempest was the, was the knob. Ah, the French. The dial. That was it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And I do remember Tempest regularly, but yeah, no, I, I loved all those. And I had the Atari at home. Uh, you know, that was, that was the only video game system I've ever had. Was, Same. was Atari 2600. Yeah, we were not allowed to get Nintendo. Nintendo. It was like, it was like, all right, that's, that's a more serious gamer. I'm not, that's not me. Did um, you ever go to Laces, Jason? Because that was a Long Island thing. Were you nearby yeah, well, that's there? What it, yes, that's what I was going to say. It was like, so I didn't cool. realize it was a, but wait a second. Was it one location? Like I'm remembering laces sounds like the name of the roller rink in, in my area. I might be remembering the name wrong, but it, was it a franchise of them? I mean, were there multiples? Because I have no idea. I wouldn't have gone to the same one you uh, went Maybe because I, I always remember us having to travel there. It wasn't close by. Oh, you know, we okay. had to, we had to oh, travel. Maybe you did. You came into into Suffolk to maybe, yeah, maybe that was it. Cause it was a big one. It was really, it was huge. And there was, and I always remember <laughs> there was, you had the rink, you know, on, on the side of the rink were all the arcade games. And then in the middle, there was like this little area with like, they weren't couches, but it was almost like they just built, they put like rugs over blocks, you know, yes, to make yes, sort of comfy yes, couches. Yes. And that's where you'd go to rest. And I remember, yes. you know, we would, we would, <laughs> the, the Dicky kids, I think I might've done this one or no, I, I don't think I ever did this, but I would like cheer on my friends who would do it. You would sit in the middle and you'd put your hand out. So when the people are skating by, they would, you know, give them high fives and smack <laughs> yes. them. And the Dicky kids would put their hands out and then grab the hands of the skaters. Yeah. yeah. So they'd be like, whoa. 
Oh, I that's remember. Not nice. No, no and there was terrible. a big. There was a. Uh, it was a movie screen, and I. I, I have such a, a clear image of skating and seeing the video to uh, burning down the house playing, and being really freaked out because I'm like skating towards you know David Burns' <laughs> flaming yeah. head on the street. I was like, I don't want to. Where, where, where am I going? This is yeah. like crash course into adulthood. I'm not ready yeah. for this. This doesn't feel right. Puberty may be ravaging me, but I'm not ready for everything. It just seems so like existential and and just going around in circles. But everywhere I go, I'm still seeing that weird holographic (laughs) face of David Byrne in front of me. And I'm just going, I'm getting nowhere. I'm getting nowhere. I still feel that way. I did not dress up for Halloween this year. I guess I was getting too old for it. Did you? Did you dress this year, Fred? No. No, it's it's uh, it's really it's interesting that you brought that up because I was thinking about it, and this was a real. I mean, I've we've you know we've been back to this year before, and I've talked about this. I think it was on the No Small Affair and Nightmare on Elm Street episode. Right. Yes. Right. This was a. This was this this is the year seventh grade for me is the one that puts the most money in my therapist's pocket. (laughs) This, and unbeknownst to me, and I mean, really, I I didn't realize how sort of traumatic this year was for me until I started to really talk about it more. Do this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, (laughs) really doing this podcast. That's it. So much, so much trauma has come back because of this podcast. You're welcome. Tell us all about it, Fred. Tell us what (laughs) happened in the Eagle's Nest and all the other places. That's between me and Nina. Okay. And the nest and the eagle, <laughs> the eagle droppings that we were rolling around in. No, but I didn't. But but that being said, so, yeah, I was thinking about it, you know, because this was just the beginning of seventh grade for me. And as I mentioned before, you know, it's it's weird because, you know, you're meeting all these new kids. It's the different schools coming together. So that's strange. And then it's that weird place because the year before, and I talked about this on the Road Warrior episode in sixth grade, I went as Mad Max. Yes. And it was like my crowning achievement of a costume. It was <laughs> How great. Can you top like the, that? Te- the teachers loved it. I loved it. I was so excited. And then I had this string of great costumes. Then you get to seventh grade. And yeah, and you're in that weird spot where it's, well, I'm not a little kid anymore. I sort of still am. I'm not a girl. Not yet a woman. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. but wh- where am I? Where do I fit into the hierarchy of all this? And <laughs> and I seem to remember that me and, and a couple of my friends, we, I don't know what we did. I seem to remember wearing... I was like, oh, I want to go as a girl or something. I like get the last second. And my mom was like, well, here. And she gave, she had a Harpo Marx wig for something that some Marx Brothers skit that my sister did, I think. Because my sister went as Groucho Marx a couple of years earlier. So for whatever reason, she had this Harpo Marx wig. So I put that on. Very timely. I, I, very timely, those costumes. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are loving the Marx Brothers at this time. I remember the Marx Brothers video game where you had to like make Harpo talk somehow. I don't there was remember. a Marx Brothers video no, I'm game? Kidding. No, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, I seem just to remember putting that on. And I might have put like a skirt on or something. I'm not a girl. Not yet a woman. So we were just in the cafeteria and they were like, and I, I have that feeling of seeing other kids going off doing their things. Some might have been dressed up, some 
weren't. And it was also the first time where I, I remember feeling excluded. I remember mm-hmm. thinking like I had my, 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 you know, my pals with me, but there were other kids. Some of them, I didn't really know that well, you know, cause they were from the other elementary school going off to do other things. And that feeling of sort of longing of thinking, Oh, do, do, do I want to, do I want to do that? And I, I think we may have actually gone out and did, we might've done a little trick or treating around my friend Josh's neighborhood, but something, and we had right, fun, right? but something like there was that shift. You're yeah. like, this is things, yeah. things are changing now. I remember feeling that, like that about, about Christmas too, about being like, well, I guess oh, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not toys anymore. I don't know. What do I get? Just socks. What I, like, it seemed like there was a moment where it shifted where it was like the holidays are no longer fun anymore <laughs> on the same, in the same not way, the same way. You, you know, you're right. a, few, a couple of years after, you know, you're when, whenever kids stop, you know, believing in, in Santa and all of that stuff. And then it's also like, well, you know, I'm not a little kid. I'm not playing with toys as much. So what is it? What do I want? What do I ask for? I guess, you know, video games and music starts taking, but there is that funny moment where you're like, well, what is it? What am I supposed to be into now? What am I supposed to like? Or, or where you're in a yeah. place where you're like, I'm not ready to be done with this necessarily, yeah. but it feels like everybody else is. So I should. And, and I would, I'd be, you know, I'd be in, uh, I'd be too kitty if I still did A, B, C or D. Yeah. And that's, uh, it was the same thing with Halloween. I, I just, mm-hmm. I guess, I think sixth grade was probably the last time I, un- until like college. It was probably the last time I, I dressed up until I got to Hofstra. And then it was like, oh, people, you know, there's a Halloween party. We dress now up. Now you can have an adult Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think through junior high and high school, I didn't do any, you know, then it started, started going over to. Then it became like going over to a friend's house and watching scary movies, watching Nightmare on Elm Street and whatever on video and, you know, just hanging out. But I remember specifically is like all of a sudden the girls were getting very grown up. And I remember like (laughs) this one girl that I was obsessed with came to school for Halloween and she was wearing a French maid costume and, you know, like in eighth grade. And I was like, I will... For better and for worse, I will never be able to unsee this. And it was just, I remember that Halloween. It was this Halloween in 1984. Just torture. Just being like, oh, God. It's like, you know, when you like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Boogie Nights when he's holding the boom mic and he's like watching Mark Wahlberg and he's just shuddering. <laughs> that was like what it was walking down the, uh, 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 down the halls. Just every time I'd see her, I'm just just a little a ripple goes through you. You couldn't like, slap together a quick like French aristocrat outfit, <laughs> like get, get a get a beret and get a mustache and a cigarette holder and be like, wee wee. That was well, that was how I dressed every day. And I got beat oh, up like that. It wasn't. Really, see if it, if it felt more like a costume, sure, right. it might have worked, but no, I was. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that. I I vividly remember those feelings. Like, yes, as you were saying, like we were changing, but we we can't see that. But you can yeah. see the girls changing at that point, <laughs> yeah. and it was well, they too much faster. I'm not a girl. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Don't get a bummer. Don't get a bummer. No, 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 no.
you know, they're yes. maturing fast. Yes, yes. So it, was too, it was like, wait, wait a second. What? There, I mean, yeah. we'd be walking down, it, 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 it's talk about terror in the aisles. <laughs> you'd be walking down the aisles of uh, junior high school just with the terror in my pants going, my God. <laughs> Donald Pleasance. There's a Pleasance feeling in my pants now, and I don't know what it means, Nancy Allen. If only you had wrapped that rascal, then... That was years. I didn't learn to do that till years yeah, later. Years fact, later. I, I never learned, hence my two children. Ah, oh, I see. Well, that I know of. That's, <laughs> that's, that I know of, I wink, know wink. Of. Oh, oh, well, but but we had a great segue there. We had a great segue there. And so I'm just going to dovetail back and bring our conversation back around. Here's my to, suggestion. Uh, cut what I said. Get uh, rid of what I, I might. said. I very well might, but it's and too early cut, to know. And cut this what I'm saying right now. And Bring also it, what I'm saying right now, get rid of that too. Yeah, but see that that's gold, what you just said now. <laughs> so, so now it all has to stay. Sometimes the parts, sometimes the parts, sometimes the parts where we're like, okay, you got to cut that. And I'm like, no, that's what I don't want to cut. And the okay. thing that you miss where you're like, I sounded very intelligent. That went on the That goes bye-bye. <laughs> No, believe me, I try to make us all sound intelligent. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. The Terminator. Oh, wait, Terror in the Isles. If you can handle more than 100 jolts of 100% pure terror, then you might be ready for Terror in the Isles. A totally unique, non-stop, roller coaster ride through the most frightening moment of the greatest terror films ever made. Donald Pleasance and Nancy Allen narrate this collection of snippets from landmark horror, crime, and science fiction films from the 1930s through the 1980s. Classic thrillers such as The Exorcist, The Omen, Halloween, Psycho, Alien, Jaws, Carrie, The Shining, Marathon Man, Wait Until Dark, An American Werewolf in London, and Sylvester Stallone's Nighthawks. Are featured, accompanied by Alan and Pleasance's explanations of different concepts in the genre. In the film's three worthwhile minutes, old footage of Alfred Hitchcock deconstructs the means by which to build tension on film. Interestingly, Hitchcock does not recommend hiring the cast of a Mentos commercial to sit in a movie theater with a clearly masturbating Donald Pleasance. (laughs) (laughs) Terror in the Isles earned as much over its opening weekend as The Terminator, taking in $4 million on its way to a total box office of $10 million. Fred and Dan, what do you guys think of Terror in the Isles? Well, this movie brought me back, and I have to say, when when you threw out the you know the the list of the our schedule of what our movies were going to be, when I saw this, I was like, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about this movie yeah. in forever, and I I I was frankly surprised that it was on the list because I'm thinking, isn't it just. I mean, you know, they're, they're, weren't there those movies that's entertainment and it was just like clips of musicals it, it, and stuff? That's what like, I was thinking. I was like, yeah. what are the movies where they're like this? That's entertainment one and two, and then they made a three in the 90s, but it's oh like just musical theater clips. That was musical this, musical you know, clips. but with yeah. horror movies. Mm-hmm. 
But I, so I, I thought, whoa, okay. And then I got a little chill in my belly because I've mentioned before, I'm not the best with horror movies. You know, it takes me a little time. But this movie, man, I remember seeing, I didn't see it when it first came out, but I remember watching it. Mm. And, and the, so Terror in the Isles and Terminator were both, sort of landmark movies in, in my, I mean, one of them was actually a landmark movie, not, mm. not yeah, which I was one. Gonna say, I was going to say, one of them's a landmark Guess movie, which one. I'd say. The other thing, you know, we were talking about the video games and arcade, but another really big thing around this time was video stores. And we've talked yes. about video stores before and you used to work in, I think, did you, oh no, you, only you worked in one, Jason. Yeah, did Dan you work in one too, Dan? Theater, I worked Dan in a movie, movie theater, theater, right? My sister worked at a Blockbuster. Okay. Uh -huh. So, yes. but this was, but even before Blockbuster, this was the yeah. independent video stores. Absolutely. And we all remember what it was like to go in. So both of these movies, I remember getting from video stores and I, and I started to, I got to just like thinking about it, it, you know, not to, to, to sort of segue off here, go in another direction, but I really started to think like how important that was. And in the same way, like I talked to my kids about going to record stores to find music, yeah. like now it's great. It's so easy. You get any, any, any song, any album you want like that, any movie you want like that. But there was something so exciting about going and searching out. And with the, you know, th there's the music aspect of it, of course, but since this is a movie podcast, we're talking about movies, mm -hmm. that idea of going to the video store and seeing those boxes yeah. and, you know, picking it up, the, there's something tactile about it and picking it up and That's looking right. at the artwork and turning it over, mm -hmm. seeing the credits, pulling the tape out of the box just to make sure that, you know, it wasn't broken. Right. You know, oh, there was God. something and, and making that decision and knowing like this is, a, this is, I have to make the right decision because, mm -hmm. you know, you and sometimes with it if you took yeah. it home. And sometimes these movies were, you'd go looking for a movie and it wouldn't be there, uh -huh, you know, right. and you had to, to, to wait, ah, damn it. I guess I'll come back for, you know, to get so-and-so. Right. And so I think I, I'm fairly certain I saw both of these movies the summer. I didn't see them in the theaters, but I saw them over the summer. So these were, these were actually VBC movies. These were mm -hmm. movies that I saw with like my BBC gang and someone, it wasn't me, but someone, one of my friends or acquaintances rented Terror in the Isles. Oh. I think I can see, I, I see that, I can visualize the house that I was in. I think it might've been this kid I went to school with named John Kaiserman. I, I can, I can, I, I know the side of town that it was on. I remember it was like, <laughs> I remember the area and I remember it was a, it was a, it was a dark den right off of their sunroom. This sounds I, like Suds's house. I'm just going to say <laughs> it sounds like what I imagine Suds's house to be. I actually didn't go to Suds's house too often. Don't but lie to us. It <laughs> <laughs> it may have been, it may have been, but I remember, you know, someone getting it and me not feeling good about watching it because no. I was like, oh, I think the, these are horror movies. I don't know if I can handle this. So that being said, we did watch it. And I only remember the sunroom aspect of it because I remember thinking, oh, that's good. I could, I could easily walk into the light. I can get out of the dark room and walk into the light very that's easily hilarious. if need be. If I start to tinkle in my pants out of fear, out of terror in these aisles. Thank God for the sunroom. In whoever's house this was. <laughs> There's sunlight over there. Vampires won't get me. <laughs> yes. No, I was, exactly. I was safe. But I remember this was the first. So like when we, when we watched the thing and talked about the thing, mm -hmm. the clips, all I knew of the thing 
were a lot of it were from the Between scenes this. from this movie. <laughs> right. uh, now, I also seem to remember. Do you guys remember that there was a movie called Phantasm? Yes, I yes. Could have sworn that there were clips from that movie in this. There are not ah, okay. because I could have sworn. I don't know if there was a sequel. Yeah, there, a, yeah, there, yeah, there were are multiple. Ver- I'll tell yeah. you in this, and we'll we'll get to the nitty gritty because the funny thing is they don't. <laughs> they never say. Very rarely does one of the hosts, uh, the narrators, mention like the name of a movie that you're looking at a clip from. They never. So do. it's a lot of clips that yeah, he says Texas Chainsaw Massacre and maybe a couple of others, but for the most part, it's just a barrage of clips, and it's like well, I don't know what the fuck this is from. Yeah, and there are. The clips of Martin Landau. What the fuck is that movie that Martin oh, Landau? Th- that that movie's called Alone, Alone in the, the Dark. Dark. I looked that up too because wow. he's creepy I, I as fuck. Like, I was yeah. like, he is creepy as fuck. Yeah. And I thought he was the Phantasm guy. For, I was like, <laughs> I was like, is he in Phantasm? Is that what this is? Maybe that's what you were thinking. Maybe that's what you remembered because he looks like that guy. <laughs> what are you, some kind of asshole? <laughs> I just saw Martin Lando's face. I was like, Phantasm. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's fine. You thought you were seeing outtakes from Meteor. Might as well have had those in here. Okay, (laughs) Sylvester Stallone and Billy D. Williams. How is this terror in the aisle? Exactly. There's an entire section of this. It's just like rapes are in movies too sometimes and it's like it's like just right. it's a very strange it's a strange film sorry Fred go go ahead please I'm sorry no no no, no. I mean I'm just I'm just basking in you know yeah this fucking nostalgia here but it yeah. was like I just remember seeing like the clips from Scanners and The Thing and Alien yeah. and and the the Carol Kane movie um what was it where she plays the babysitter? Is, is, is you, that uh, yeah, are you alone in the house or don't don't tell mom the babysitter? That dead. is um, when a stranger calls. <laughs> when a stranger calls, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I think it's called "Don't Leave Home Without It." No, that can't be right. <laughs> the Carl Malden story. The Carl Malden story. Carl Malden's <laughs> hiding in the closet. But so any all those you know all those clips and movies came back and and I was very excited and and the first the first half of the movie. I don't really know what the point is. It's basically just showing, <laughs> it's just showing, you know, clips from movies and it's basically ruining these horror movies. Yes, yes, you know, that's yes, the thing. It's that showing is the point. You're reading my mind. When it first started, I thought the editing, I thought it was cleverly edited. I liked the composition. How they took all these, they, they you know, they, they constructed these scenes out of multiple scenes from various movies. It is you know, well edited. This, You're right. Yeah, very well edited, depicting the same situations, building up to the climax. And, uh, you know, not just horror movies, lots of different movies, mostly horror movies. And I thought that was really well done. I really liked Donald Pleasance in the beginning. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's he's good. He's having fun. He is good. Nancy yeah. Allen, not so much. Not necessary. And she's in it for like for three three minutes. Uh, not, not even three minutes. Three moments or something. I've heard saying, yeah. Like, that's scary, too. It's like, <laughs> just let Donald Pleasance say everything. Right? They clearly <laughs> shot their stuff on different days. They do not appear oh, together yeah. in the yes. film. The question is, why make up horrible things when there is so much real terror in the world? Perhaps we invent artificial horrors to help us cope with the real ones. I thought, okay, so this is a meditation on, you know, why <laughs> wow. we go to horror movies. <laughs> yes. You know, why do we want to be scared in the movies? They'd and, like that, too. Yeah. And there was some interesting, <laughs> there's some interesting thoughts. 
you know, there was one thing, uh, what, what was the line? I, I wrote it down. They're like, we go to the movies to see our fantasies come to life, but not all of our fantasies are wholesome and dignified. There was yeah. some, it was like the yeah. psychology of horror movies. That's why we rent porn. <laughs> <laughs> rent? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold the boom for, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. They oh. had these lofty ambitions. They what? did, I guess. But I mean, is it is it is that enough to as no, you said, it's not. spoil well, that's my point. every great horror movie in the world? They spoil Psycho, which is unforgivable. Yeah, yeah that's right. They spoil. Uh, they spoil uh, they basically spoil everything. You know, stuff. they they show they show the climactic moments of all of these of, of tons of these movies, and it's like, well, if you if you're not already familiar with Jaws, you can, you know you're gonna be you, you, those moments are taken from you. you know? It's really funny because I was like, what is the what is the purpose? What is the purpose? Why? Why? And there were a lot of, there were a lot of TV specials like this in the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. like, you know, and that, that I remember liking as a kid where it's like, oh, it's like a bunch of clips from different things, you know, like compilation specials, whether it's like, you know, like uh, those episodes of sitcoms where it's like, remember when we did this? And it's like right. just a bunch of like greatest hits stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those can be fun. But, you know, you don't picture going to a movie theater and spending money to see something like this, but it's because of what the material is, right? It's like, this is too graphic for television at that time in the 80s. So you couldn't do uh, an hour or two hour TV special of Donald Pleasance being like, you know, watch a man's head blow up. You can't (laughs) show that on TV. So they had to do kind of like a cheesy TV special in a, as a movie, and so it's expanded, right. who, and it has. Who would go see this in the movie theaters? Well, I don't. What's the no, point? I, I know that's the thing. That's why. I, I can, I, that's why it's so funny that it made the same amount of money as Terminator the first weekend. Yeah. But four million's not an excessive amount of money, even in the eighties on opening weekend. But it was the, the week before Halloween, so it was just a quick cash grab thing. I, I kept thinking, I was like, "What's the point?" It really feels superfluous to us now because we have YouTube. Like, if we want to watch like uh, a playlist of like the great horror right. scenes. We can pull that yeah. up immediately. Yeah, uh, you're right. VHS was just starting, like the rental market was just starting to become like the thing. You know, I didn't have a VCR yet in 1984. You know, oh, wow. it, it was just yeah, maybe coming along. Either. So it's kind of like if you, the kind of fix that it provides, you know, like you may have only seen Halloween in the theaters a few yeah. years before or such yeah, and such true. in the theaters a few years before, because it was maybe not being shown on TV very much. Maybe it had been shown on TV once or twice on CBS, but like with all the good shit cut out of it, you know, if you didn't have Mm -hmm. cable or if you didn't. So it serves the purpose of like being like a smorgasbord of, uh, of blood and guts and like the scary moments and the jump out of your seat moments. But the problem is it's like (laughs) those without context, it's like, Yeah. Oh, that's just a head exploding. That's just right. somebody slashing somebody. That's just, And they do try to edit it in such a way that it's like, well, it is well edited in parts where it's yeah. ratcheting tension by going back and forth between things, you know, are going to be scary. And, and there's something about the amalgam or the simul, the simultaneous parallel streams of, you know what I mean? That that's, builds well, attention because out yeah. of context, it would just be like. I don't know who these characters are. I don't know the situation. I just know something bad's going to happen. So it is like yeah. porn in the sense that it's just like, I'm just show me more kill. <laughs> in a way. Yes. And, and you know, the fact that they're saying, 
okay, here are the tropes, right? Here is here is what horror does, and here's a here's a a, a supercut of clips of what horror does. That mm-hmm. I guess has value, you know, as a, a, a scholarly value to a to an extent of like, okay, what Halloween is doing, we can see that that's what Psycho is doing, and we can see that that goes all the way back to whatever, you know. I think it would have been neat for them to go all the way back to like nosferatu and like some of the early early horror stuff that would have been cool to like really take us through the progression that would have been really yes. neat but they to don't show really a history of it yeah and they, yeah. they do that i feel like lesson. they at the end they you know they show the hitchcock stuff and at the end they sort of drop in the classic mgm you know horror characters <laughs> yeah. and then, then yes, they just go but, to like the schlocky stuff but yes but, that's exactly they, right they go right to like <laughs> this is old and black and white so it's on right. par with jokes and shit and yeah, yeah. and that's how they end it that's how it they would have been it. more interesting so to bizarre. start the way they do okay the, the horror movies are a thing we love horror movies why <laughs> <laughs> Talk about why. And then yeah. let's go back and explore the history of that. That, that could have been, been cool. a yeah. little more interesting. Yeah. But you're right, Jason. It, you, you saying that this should have just been like an hour long TV special yeah. where you just see the clips. But you're right. They couldn't show you that stuff on TV. Although, the, although there was that. Didn't Mr. Belvedere's head explode on the final episode? Isn't that how the series <laughs> ended? The kids were like, and like the veins were pumping and then they, I seem to remember that. That was pretty fucking awesome though. Cause I've never seen scanners. I was always just frightened by the poster and I was like, oh yeah. Oh, that, this is from scanners. Oh Ironside. God, see a guy's head blow up. Yeah. Ironside, my old buddy <laughs> from Sequest. My old pal from Sequest, Ironside. Did he make your head explode? Boy, did he ever. With all the notes he gave you? You son of a bitch. But the end, the end of this thing, I thought Yakety Sax was going to start playing. You get, <laughs> yeah, you get, ridiculous. You get Alligator. You get this movie <laughs> called Conga, which is a complete, like... Um, uh, King Kong ripoff with that yes. um, with the ape that's like clearly just guy in a suit. It is the worst looking thing, and you get all of these like creature features. Which you know that was when when Taylor walked in, she was like, "I want to see all of these. This look these look amazing. Right. What is this movie? I want to see every single one of these." There is a movie that it's it with from the SCTV guys that I remember seeing all the time on cable. Oh. I think it's called "It Came from Hollywood." Yes, oh, yes, great. yes, 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 and it's the yes. same type of thing as this, but it's all the B movies. Well, see, like, I remember I watching that. that a lot. I would love that, and I would love to see all you know the thing with two heads and all of this ridiculous. What's the fucking you know the, things that are that the are dog with the old man's the, head? Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what? I had a note about that. I was like, is what is the dog with a human face? What the fuck is that? Because and, when I was a kid, I thought that was from the thing. Right, because yeah, it kind of looks like of that. The, right, the yeah. face with the spider legs or whatever. Um, yeah, you know what? And it's so funny you guys mentioned that um, because. Uh, uh, that is the one image from Terror in the Isles that I recall having the, seen from having the, seen the, the movie. Oh, it's the from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's from oh, Invasion yes. of the Body Snatchers. From the, from the, the, the uh, Donald the 19, one. The one from yeah. the 1970s with Donald uh, Sutherland. Yeah. Oh, you never saw that's yeah, a, That's yeah. a terrifying movie. I haven't seen it in I've a long time. It, and I wanted to. Leonard Nimoy this. is brilliant in it. Nimoy yeah, is in it. He's a great cast. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's in it. All these people in it. Um, Veronica Cartwright is in it. Yeah, that movie. So seeing great. the clips for that and this brought me back because I remember as a kid being. I saw that on cable. And I was like, no. Yes, God. that was very, very creepy. The best thing about this was it made me make a little list of things that I either haven't seen in a long time that I'd like to yeah. revisit, or things that I've never seen. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should like 
the 1970s invasion of the body snatchers I'd never yeah. seen. I've never seen Marathon Man. And this made me want to yeah, see. I mean, one. that was that was the one point in this. You know, you say like, oh, there's all the skip. This yeah. that's the one thing I had to like kind of like hit like skip 10 seconds, skip 10 seconds on, oh. on oh, wow. Amazon Prime because I was like, this is too. You know, I, I, I can't, I, I know what's coming. I know what he's doing yeah. to Dustin Hoffman. Safe? I don't want to watch it. Um, yeah, it's very safe. It's very safe. <laughs> American Werewolf in London. That I had, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in such a long time. Yeah. And the effects are so fucking good. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You watch yeah. that transformation. I was like, yeah, I got to watch this movie again. So that's what was fun about Maybe it. Maybe you want to see Wait to Until me. Dark, seeing a young Alan Arkin. Yes. Yes. yes he's so Good. He's Creepy so chilling. young Alan Because Arkin. I always heard like, oh, Alan Arkin. I was like, oh, that's that's funny casting. But no, he looks no. fucking great. Yeah. He looks terrifying. Yeah, I would love to watch that. So that was kind of the <laughs> and Texas Chainsaw. Los because yes. I do think that's a wonder. That's a great movie. And it is. those clips drawing me right back in. And I was like, wow. But then you've also got like way too much of Halloween two, and way too much <laughs> of the cowboy who beats. You women up. I was like, what I was like, get the fuck out of here. That's a movie I looked. It's called Vice Squad. Vice Squad. That's a straight to video. <laughs> yeah, that's when the movie took a turn for me. Again, yeah. I don't know what the point is, but I was oh enjoying it in the beginning when it was the horror movies and why do we go to horror? Yeah. And in my head, I'm going, this is ruining movies for anyone who hasn't seen them. Yeah. But it brought me back. I was enjoying the yeah. editing. Then, right around the time when it got to. Like, yeah, they were showing all these clips from that. They were showing all the clips from Nighthawks. Half the, you half know. the most of the, thir- the, the, the middle third of this movie is Nighthawks. I don't know about you. And I don't know about the rest of these men. But I didn't join the force to kill people. Oh, for Christ's sake, man. To combat violence, you need greater violence. And and then I was like, well, what's and then the, all the stuff with the sex in the movies. And I thought when Nancy mm. Allen was like talking about, you know, and then there's always sex before the horror. I thought, oh, they're going to show the trope of horror movies of, you know, the kids going off to have sex and then they get killed, which is a trope of horror movies. But no, you're right. They just show like these just uncomfortable, abuse. horrible, almost rape scenes and like, you know, vengeance scenes. And I thought, well. Wait, what? What's going on now? What What are they talking about? Like, if they wanted it, sex before the horror, just you know, they should just set up a camera at the eagle's nest and just pat <laughs> at it. There's always sex before the horror. The eagle's nest coming to your theater soon. When they when they showed Santa and Elliot Gould, I thought that was going to be the sex before the horror. What was that? It's a movie. Of, it's like a movie about like the history of horror movies, and it's a guy dressed as Santa Claus, like holding up a bank tower played by Elliot Gould. It's like that you could leave out. This, right. yeah, those are the things that could have that. let this be an hour long TV special. Right. I, I don't know. God, what? But, uh, yes, no, it really does. Uh, it, it really does point out, you know, the the rampant misogyny in oh, horror yeah. movies and thrillers and all these things. You know, I mean, especially it's not even horror movies because, like you say, yeah, that's a trope of the horror movie. But mostly what they were showing was just just seedy violence against right. women sequences from yeah, yeah. dress to from, kill and, yeah. and things like that. There's Some a lot stuff of that could calm. be categorized as a thriller and other stuff that could right. feels more like, you know, a, a, a lifetime or, or original about like a bad husband or something. I, I you know, I, I couldn't tell 
My favorite scenes were the happening? ones in the theater with like all the sort of a ridiculous, you know, the comedians that had off nights from you know doing sets <laughs> of Carolines or whatever, and they're like, "Here, you sit in the sit in the chair next to Donald Pleasance and pretend you're watching a scary movie." <laughs> so the, dumb. the Mentos cast, like all it's these really people, really ridiculous. Like, <laughs> nobody looks like a real human being. No, just sitting there watching the, a movie. The, the, the acting in the aisles, the acting in the actual <laughs> is, is that was is terror the, in the aisles. That was terror in the aisles. <laughs> it was the worst it was worse than anything up on the actual screen that they're watching that the, you got the one guy with uh, it's the two guys who's like one of them is is uh, uh has like 46 bucks of popcorn and a giant drink and a whatever <laughs> and then the guy whoever's with him is just hitting on nancy allen the whole time or hitting on the other women the whole time it's like this is the, you don't need any of this you need none of it no. that movie with elliot gould is called the silent partner that's what that's called which one is that? The, the one the, with uh, Elliot Gould and Santa Claus is called the, the is Silent that? Partner. I, I, huh. I, I, that great, that great no thriller, idea. that famous horror classic. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah. nonsense. I, I, in yeah, this. Elliot Gould, Christopher Plummer's in it as well. Huh. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know how you. How do you even? How do you even? How do you feel this? this? Oh God! Because it's. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably give it like two. Two Ooh. Sheilas. Wow. I don't know. Like, what would you? I know. I, I was for like, me. It was only the, it was only the nostalgia factor of right. oh, I remember watching this. Oh, I liked going to video stores. Like, I was thinking about all the other stuff, and then yeah. seeing the clips in the beginning brought me back. But then after a while, I'm like, but would I recommend this for anyone to see? No, mm. I'd say watch the actual movies. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right. You're right. I was like, what is it? A five? Is it right in the middle? But it's no, it's actually not recommendable. So it, yeah. I'll I'll go I'll go four just because you know I they I I found it I like the best I said it in the end. But watching Hitchcock talk is always fascinating. Mm-hmm. I wish there was mm-hmm. a lot more of that. I wish they just took whatever. Just it it would have been cool if they could have gotten the rights to say like you know he's done so many interviews he's like one of those filmmakers yeah. who really had a, a strong presence we all know what he looks like sounds like right. he's quite a character in his own right and mm-hmm. he's brilliant and you could take his musings on the nature of making thrillers making terror building suspense and you could apply that not again just against clips from his own films but mm-hmm. you could then you know show clips of more contemporary horror films or the older horror films and just weave that together and just have it be a master class from hitchcock that shows you you know that gives you like the thrill of watching a bunch of great you know uh, little bits and pieces of movies i don't know why i'm giving a Sheila rating to the thing I wish I'd seen. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. that uh, why that not? I do been, it all the that time. That would have been at least a, a 6.5 or a 7 watching him talk over. This is, yeah, this is like, I'll give it four. I'll give it four. I'm never satisfied with the ordinary. I've tried to play the audience like an organ. Jason, if you've never seen um, Hitchcock Truffaut, which is a, um, uh, no. it's a it's a wonderful. Uh, well, it was a book first, it was a book, and, right? And then, they, and then it was an interview series, and then they made a movie about the making of that. And it's basically yeah. Francois Truffaut sits there and interviews Alfred Hitchcock about every single one of his movies. Truffaut was a Hitchcock fanatic, wow. and it is exactly what you're wanting. It, oh, it, it, okay. It, and and I have the the book too. If I have, if I ever see you guys again, I'll let you borrow it. Um, <laughs> I do remember seeing the book a lot, like uh, in. 
I would see the book in your dorm room. I had it in my dorm room. I had it in my dorm room. That's where I first saw it. Leafing through it. The film section of any bookstore or library, it's often there. Yeah, but I didn't know they made it. So they then they did an actual series of interviews, but then they did a movie about the interviews with actors playing them. No, 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 with actors playing them. But it's it's a documentary by Kent Jones in 2015 that is about the Truffaut book and, you know, and series of interviews with Hitchcock. And so, so yeah, so you can see, you know, you can do the book or the movie about it or, or whatever, but it's, it's really, uh, um, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And it, and it, and you know, that little snippet of Hitchcock going, you know, here's, here's (laughs) what you, you know, it's the classic Hitchcock thing of like the bomb under the table. You know, so if good. a bomb explodes, you get a quick thrill. If you know the bomb's under the table it's and it's brilliant. a ticking time bomb, you know, and you keep showing it, you know what I mean? Then, then you, you have the, you build suspense and that's why he was, that's what he, that's what he knew. That's what he did. I'm going to go four on this as well. Yeah. I, I can't see going higher than a four. <laughs> no, I like seeing the clips. I've never seen Clute. I want to see that very badly. Oh, with Donald uh-huh. Sutherland and Jane Fonda. And Jane Fonda. She won yeah. the Oscar for it, right? Right. That's right. You can just tell from, just from that one clip, it's like, oh, this I kind of wanted to, that's what I wanted to fast forward. I was like, I do not want this ruined for me because she's incredibly, obviously it's amazing and I don't want the plot ruined. So there were a couple of things I really want to see. I want to see eyes of Laura Mars with uh, Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, the more I just, I just think De Palma's a hack. I don't know. I don't, I have no desire to see anything he's ever He's ever directed. I just I've got, don't I've, I've got to say a, a little uh, inside spoiler alert to the listeners. Originally on oh, this right, slate, right. we oh, were right. supposed to watch Body Double because that was another movie that, that came out and we that. couldn't fit it in just because of timing stuff. But I got to say, because De Palma directed that, yeah. I watched the trailer of it yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, what? This this looks batshit crazy. Oh, really? Like Frankie goes to Hollywood is in it. Not just the song. Like Frankie wow. before he went to Hollywood is in Do, it. it. Does it he looks, finally uh, relax at it, long last? <laughs> I don't. Well, they they don't give away the ending. It's not oh. like Taron the Owl they give away the ending. So I don't know. Talk but about uh, suspense. It's, I mean, it, God, it looks it it looks like a wacky wacky movie it made me think like wow that's something uh, i might actually want to watch just to see what the fuck it is going on uh, ladies and gentlemen that's for a, a segment we like to call beyond the paywall when we have a paywall in the future whether it's next week or 16 years from now be, certainly beyond the paywall one of the movies you'll find a review to is Double, what is it called? <laughs> double bodies. No, body, double. Double. body bodies. Body double. Get ready for it someday. Actually, it would be interesting if like, you know, 30 years in the future, oh, oh. one of our kids comes <laughs> back in time <laughs> to stop us from even talking about <gasps> doing body doubles. Like, like 30 years in the future, right, the right. paywall has been created, but right. we never do the episode with body double, and people are pissed. And it it, it, it starts a war. People are so angry because <laughs> right. they don't know, because now body double doesn't exist because of right. the nuclear fallout and everything, and yeah. the, you know everything's been destroyed. And <laughs> But the only thing that does exist is the opening weekend podcast. They can still listen to that. And oh. they're saying, but we don't know what happened in body double. That's always been my vision of 
in the future. <laughs> so go back in time, and you, they, 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 these three assholes have built up our expectations. That was the only thing we had to look forward to Wait. in this nuclear wasteland is, is their thoughts on body double. Now we don't have them. We're living in this perpetual state of why, why, what's going on? Go back in time. And kill the wait. Who summons in my booth now? Who is that? <gasps> well, I know. No, there's a red laser on my forehead. I used to, geez, it's all coming true. You won the contest, Fred. That was a brilliant segue. That was fantastic. There we go. Oh, my favorite part was there's a red laser on my forehead, which you would be utterly unable to see unless you were in a hall of mirrors somehow. <laughs> Or unless someone told, unless someone showed you. All right. In a well, what are you going to say? You going to say it's? You going to say it's a great segue? You're going to poke holes in the logic? Yeah, Jesus. Again, that which is how I feel about. The, <laughs> I go back and forth. It's great about how I feel <sighs> about the Tiamanite. Yeah. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful. Versatile and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose to return to the present and prevent the future. Covered from head to toe in human skin, or a reasonable facsimile thereof, a cyborg known as Arnold Schwarzenegger travels from the year 2029 to 1984 to conveniently make a movie about being an emotionless cyborg covered from head to toe in human skin. In reality... <laughs> Schwarzenegger is just an intricate Stan Winston creation. We know this because half the shots of him in this film are clearly a puppet. Anyway, this, oh, what would be the word for him? Terminator travels through time to assassinate young Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, whose unborn son, John, will one day lead the human resistance against Skynet, an artificial intelligence system that is destined to spark a nuclear holocaust. Sent from the future to protect Sarah is Kyle Reese, played by another intricate puppet named Michael Bean. Despite my tone, I think this movie is pretty fucking awesome. And I will now blow your minds by telling you that it's the first time I've ever seen it. The Terminator had the audacity to challenge Terror in the Isles at the weekend box office, also taking in $4 million on its way to a domestic haul of $38.3 million and worldwide earnings of $78.4 million. James Cameron's sci-fi classic spawned one amazing sequel seven years later, which I have seen, also directed by Cameron, and then four other hot squirts over the last 20 years. <laughs> Damn. What did you guys think of the Demonator? I thought you. I thought when you said hot squirts, you were back to Donald Pleasance in the movie theater. <laughs> my head just exploded like Michael yeah. Ironside in Scanners. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to let too. you go, Dan. I'm just so excited that I, I can't believe you've never seen it, and I'm I actually really realize, excited. I didn't realize I hadn't time. seen it because I've seen enough little bits and pieces of it. Oh. But I was like, as I'm starting, I was like. Have I ever watched this whole fucking thing? Like, I remember the 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 truck or the car coming through the police station because that was the clip they showed on right. Siskel and Ebert. 
I'll be back. I remember certain little tiny bits and pieces. I remember the, you know, like the image of his body at the very beginning, like curled sure. up in that kind of ball when he like arrives right. from the future. But you, this is your first time start to finish. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and first time actually laying my eyes on 90% of this movie easily. <laughs> now I've seen Terminator <laughs> 2 and I've seen Terminator 3 and that's all I've seen in the franchise. I didn't see the other. In fact, I totally forgot that I thought Terminator Genesis was the last one. And then as I was like, I was like, oh, I thought Dark Fate was like a TV show or something. No, that was a movie two years ago, yeah. right before the pandemic. There was another sequel that James Cameron had something to do. He was he worked on the story for it. So it was like kind of people were like, oh, it's going to be a return to you know, it's going to really get back to basics and the Terminator mm. mythology. And I, it didn't, you know, didn't do anything. But um, wow. yeah, and I remember liking T2 a lot, mostly for the special effects. And but I, you know, didn't have a lot of context because I never saw the original. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. No, I, I but I really I have I have some questions and issues, but I but it's I fucking thought it was great. Um, go ahead. Well, no, no, I, no, I, I was going to say for the first time in the podcast, because my mind is blown as well, Fred, that he has never seen this, that, that let's switch it up. We usually start with a Fred or a Dan assessment, but I was going to say, let's start with a Jason assessment for the first time ever wow. on the podcast. So you did like it. I, I, yeah, I, I loved it. There was a point where I was like, wow, I really, really love it. Oh, and but and maybe you'll maybe you'll you'll clear my brain of this nonsense because it is like, you know, it's like a crazy sci fi action film and time travel movies always have issues. Right. Yes. But I can't. But I, I, I loved it. I can't say enough good things about it. I think James Cameron's pretty brilliant. Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually great. It, yeah. it, it, I know I, I make the jokes about it. it is funny because when. When you do have the Stan Winston rubber puppets there and stuff, oh, it's, it's like, so wow, it's jarring. really so yeah. good. But yeah. it is like sometimes they the camera's on that puppet for a long time while it's turning and doing things. And it's like mm -hmm. you didn't really the puppet's just so good. You could let it play out a scene. It's, so, <laughs> it's like it's as much a, it's it's less a, a knock on on uh, Schwarzenegger's acting saying like, oh, he's so robotic and more like a compliment to Stan Winston's incredible work. But that's right. I actually yeah. think it's difficult what Schwarzenegger is doing. I actually think it's very it's that's not easy to. You know, I mean, yes, if he had to like do remains of the day, it would be a lot tougher. But this is, <laughs> it, it, you know, and he is, of course, a limited actor, but I don't really think it's a simple performance. I don't. Do think you it's want easy more sugar doing. in your tea? Emma Thompson, <laughs> please <laughs> bring the crumpets. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. And Linda Hamilton's great. The, yeah. the ideas at work are great. The, the whole, uh, the whole concept of having to you know the, the, this horrible future occurs and time travel exists and we have to go back you know it's very simple but it's very my favorite word very potent the idea of coming back to try to protect the the basically the 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 virgin mary character who's going yes. to like birth yes. the savior into the world that's it, right it, hmm. it, it, i maybe i answered my own question right now by comparing her to the virgin mary because the issue i have with the movie as it's as it's coming to the end, I'm like, well, at some point they're going to explain this, right? Like, how can the guy he sends from the future 
be his own fucking father. At some point, he had to be born to be the guy to lead the resistance, which means she had to fuck somebody in 1984 that was not a future person, right? I nope. really, I'm eating my own tail, like thinking, yeah. like trying to make yeah. sense of it. That's yeah. what yeah. this you movie does, and that's what it. the whole series does you know that that's what that what it, that's what is potent i think about the whole series is that because by the time you get to like joe morton's involvement you know yeah. this is the thing the 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 on top of that if you remember from t2 I, I i've seen the one with uh christian bale but i don't remember much of it but i i do remember it doubling down on the fact that this this thing sort of eats its own tail the the hand that is sticking out of the the crusher if right. I'm not mistaken, right. right? That's what starts Cyberdyne systems. Someone, yes. someone discovers that. Yeah. Oh, and okay, that's yeah. the You're thing right. that makes Cyberdyne systems a thing, which makes Skynet a thing, which then causes the apocalypse. So, it, so it's, I mean, it's talk about loop. eating. It's, it's, it's all, it's, it's, all yes, a, it's a been going on and on and on and on. And on. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Now, not that Cameron, I don't know if Cameron had that in his mind when he made this, but it is, it, it struck me very powerfully that that thing reaches out to, to choke her at the end. Yeah. And she says, you're terminated fucker and crushes everything but the hand. And that's what is left over. Okay. That they develop all of the everything with, you know, and it's, okay. it's, it's, it's really power. It was really powerful to me. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, I, I loved it. I am I, too. I, I, yeah. I, I loved it. But I, yeah, that did, that was like driving me a little crazy. But yeah. I, I guess that's that's the whole idea, right? Like that conundrum is what you're supposed to. That's the thing that's supposed to blow your mind about it. Like, wait, 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 wait. You know, and instead I was found myself looking for more, a little more logic <laughs> that. Uh, right. That, that I guess it, in, on its own terms in that theory of time as a loop, it has incredible logic, but yeah. you know, thinking of it as a, a straight line of sorts, then it doesn't, it doesn't work. So, yeah. um, yeah. but it's nuts. Yes. No, it was, it was, it was just w wonderful. It was so creative. I mean, yeah, it's, it's super violent. And the thing that kind of, you just see, you know, the, the, the fetishizing of, of gun violence. And we've said it before about yeah. other movies. It's a big thing in the eighties, uh, that I think has, you know, the chickens have obviously come home to roost for us as a society, uh, mm -hmm. in the late nineties and all through this last couple of decades, we're just, and then you see movies like this and you're like, yeah, there's like a planet watching, getting off on just 30 the, cops the biggest movie shot. stars in the world are two guys, right. uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, for yeah. several years who just all they do is just obliterate things with guns. And you're right. like, right. and of course, it goes back to the Westerns and it goes, yeah, everything yes. else. And I mean, it really is. It, it's something that in in retrospect, it's it's the thing that's like uh, just gives you that sinking feeling of like, God, just what we consumed, what we've been consuming right. for so long. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, what shall it be? All. I may close early today. There's a 15 day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Wrong. That's yeah. it. You take that away. So creative, so fun. She's wonderful. My favorite performances in the movie 
Paul Winfield is fucking great, and so He's is Lance awesome. Henriksen. Paul They're Winfield great. is Love great. What do you got? Dead girl. I can see that. Sarah Ann Connor, secretary, 35, shot six times at less than 10 feet. Large caliber weapon. You know, these work. What's this? Dead girl, too. Sent over from the Valley Division this afternoon. I'm sure there's a point to all of this. Look at the name, man. Sarah Louise Connor. Is this right? You're kidding me. The press is going to be short-stroking it all over the place. A one-day pattern killer. Hmm. I hate the weird ones. The script is very smart. James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd, you know, not just in terms of the story and, and all those, but there's so many great little lines of dialogue uh, and, and very, very clever. Lots of things that 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 speak to the time travel stuff and the uh, the fact that you're dealing with a world of machines in the future. The, I love the the answering machine message that says you talk to a machine, you're talking to a machine. Yeah. So and many half the time people are talking to a yeah. machine in Arnold Schwarzenegger and then he's there and yep. the voice goes off on the answering machine and he's startled by it. The, the cyborg is startled by it. Yes. And then the answering machine tells the machine you're talking to a machine. I thought stuff like that, those little grace notes are just One of my favorite fantastic. moments is when the when the um the 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 psychologist or psychiatrist is leaving the police station yes. as the machine the terminator is walking in and he is distracted by his own beeper by yes. a machine and does not see schwarzenegger yes. walk in that is brilliant there's it's all kinds beautiful. of little touches like that in this movie where the machines are the problem and and the club she goes to is called Tech Noir. Tech Noir. Right. Yeah, right. one of, we've talked about Dr. Mason on this pro- podcast. He loved this movie and talked about it. Oh wow! Often. Yeah, and and not that only so about happy. all of that stuff and about he he was fascinated with um, cyberpunk and and you know he was always into he taught our styles class right mm-hmm. so he was like this is the this is something that we need to talk about as far as a stylistic movement right is this idea of cyberpunk or tech noir or whatever um but um yeah and i remember he would talk about this movie in terms of what you said jason which is the um the christ uh uh imagery and the and the and the sort of the uh the um this the imagery of the savior you know um coming back because that's very that's very potent throughout this thing is that is that reese is sort of you know the angel of uh is is like the archangel gabriel or something and then you know the unborn son you know the, the the son of the of the of the of the sort of mary figure is going to be the, the savior and to say to save yeah. us all it's it's really it's um, very funny because you know, in the moment in i said it and i made i said virgin mary and then i was like oh well wait well that's it because it's the same you know i mean and, right. and it, it is it is better handled here than in something like <laughs> phantom menace where it's just like oh, i just the baby was just born i just had a baby he just showed up and it's like we're not gonna address this that this crazy woman's telling uh qui-gon gin there or whatever his or i drink gin whatever his name was <laughs> she just had just a baby no, that was, that was lucas before when he was writing the script <laughs> right i yeah. drink gin but it's and very interesting and, right and doesn't <laughs> natalie portman give birth to uh to what was that moment where she gives birth to luke and leia and the the robot goes, Ooga, Booga, Ooga, Booga. Go, Ooga, Chaka, Ooga, Chaka. I can stop this feeling. 
<laughs> Deep inside of me. But I me. was thinking, I was like, I was like, it's like that. It's like, you know, you're just not explaining where this kid's father is. And, but it makes it now all of a sudden it's making a, a, yeah. a, a an internal logic that I'm, I'm cool with. Uh, and especially since I haven't seen Terminator two in a long time. Yeah. The fact that it builds upon that and that yeah. circular nature of things is very interesting. So what you think, um, Fredo? Yeah. Loved it. I, I love this movie and I, I loved rewatching it. I mean, as I was saying in the beginning, you know, this was like a really important movie. It was like a game changer movie for movies. I think, you know, mm -hmm. in the same way, like the road warrior was like, I sort of keep it, you know, put it in that world because in a way there is a B movie aesthetic to yeah, it slightly is, yeah. like an indie film, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the special effects are, are wonderful for the time, but there's something dirty and grimy and it's, it, there's an indie feel to it that I get. I don't know how, how much of the case that is, but so I, but I, I definitely think it, you know, it was a game changer for movies, you know, certainly for Arnold Schwarzenegger's career and for James Cameron and Linda Hamilton, everyone involved. But for me and my friends as, as moviegoers and watchers, I mean, this was, I just remember the excitement of watching it and going and renting it at the video store. Yeah. And it was, you know, this, this was another one that I remember walking in and seeing, you know, I can see the box, yeah. you know, and being a little scared and worried about it because <laughs> it seemed like it was an adult film and it was so intense and edgy and it was a darker movie yeah. for us to be watching. Yeah. It was uh, not for so, kids. It was not no, for and it was that, consumption. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, we crossed the Rubicon with this, yes. you know, it was like that, that paradigm shift. And, but it, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great movie. I mean, the, the, the music I always remember, just that, that pulsating, that dun, 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 You know what's funny? Can I just jump in here for two yeah. seconds? The mu I was listening to the music very carefully over the closing credits. And you have the dun 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 dun. That's going, and then you get the ba da da. Yeah. Ba da da. They are not in sync, and I think that is so cool. Yeah. It's like you can't you can't nail down that time signature. You know what I mean? You can nail it down for the for the for that part or for the other part for that lyrical part, but they don't match up ever. It's like two different pieces of music are being played simultaneously. And I think that is so neat and so evocative of what this movie is. There's the machines yeah. and then there's the humans and they are different. They don't, they're it's not in the same rhythm. You know, That's I, I beautiful. Think yeah, you're wonderful. right. I've got to figure out who the composer is. Sorry to interrupt. No, that, I mean, you, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's a very evocative movie. I mean, it's like I like I've said about Blade Runner and even Road Runner. There's certain movies that just make you feel a certain way, and that's how I feel when I when I watch this. But I I I, I really love it from start to finish. It's so it's it's so dark, like so much of it. It's what you're laughing. What who who you wrote it? it? Is it something you ridiculous. It. This can't be right. Well, I know Tony Banks from Genesis was asked to do the music at one point, and he couldn't do it. But why? Who are you? Is who are you saying to the music? <laughs> Almost as bad. But this, there's no way this is right. I just Googled Terminator composer. The Terminator music composed by, this cannot be right. Brad Fidel, Tane McClure, and Joe Dolce. <laughs> no. This can't be right. There's no way. Joe Dolce, the composer of What's the Matter You? What's the Matter You? Why are you looking so sad? <laughs> Is it not so bad? Fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> 
there this, was that great there's scene. There's no way that this is right. Doesn't Why Dick does Miller say, say that when he comes into the gun shop? <laughs> hey, what's the matter with you? You don't want the Uzi? Dick Miller's great in this. Always great to see Dick Miller. I mean, when I you look at IMDb, it, it only says Brad Fidel as the. It okay. doesn't have I don't know why other. that's coming up. Maybe Joe Dolce wrote a Terminator something. And I love the character of Reese. I mean, you're sort of giving. That's a great character. Michael Bean, some some guff in the beginning there, no, Jason. I, but I, don't I, care. I don't care for him so much. I I love him in it. <laughs> I I love and I, and I and I can see. I, I get why you wouldn't like him, but right. I there's something the stakes are so high in this movie, and yeah. he plays them. He just just goes, goes for, for it. it. Yeah. He goes for the stakes. He dives right in. Yeah, and he's like, "There's no yeah, subtlety. You're right. you're there's right. no subtlety no, there's none. because there can't they, they they can't afford to be any, right. you know." And and I like that. I really appreciated that. Like I remembered that as a kid, you know, him just yelling so much and being yeah, so intense, handily with her, and very like he's a wounded a animal. Well, because he's got to yeah. he's, ne- he's never known. He's never known anything but war. He was yeah. born into you're war right. after the rise of the machines, and he and he's never been, he's never you know had an intimate moment with a woman ever he's only yeah. known battle and survival and, yeah. and that's i mean I, I i understand his portrayal but i i do long for a a moment of subtlety i think you get some i in, think you in get this, some when actually they get to big bear and stuff speaking, yeah i think speaking they do of intimacy yes uh, i just i just found it yes that's what joel dolce, joe yeah. dolce did he co-wrote a song called intimacy for the soundtrack of the terminator so yes oh. that it's it's it, it's a misnomer to say the music was just these three guys did it. <laughs> it's like no, this Fidel guy wrote the themes and yeah. uh, yes, but a song was written by Joel, the, Joel, Joel Dolce. Can I read the Wikipedia? Okay, yeah, so Joel Dolce after the classic, the classic, <laughs> shut up you face. Okay, his subsequent singles included his subsequent singles included <laughs> Pizza Pizza, Christmas in Australia, and. You touch of my car, I break a you face. I may have to read that again because I am flabbergasted. You touch of my car, I break a you face. That might have to be the new. Are we? Are we we're sixty something episodes in. I think it's time for a new theme, a new opening weekend theme that that takes us in in the beginning. You touch of my car, I break a you face, or pizza pizza. A little from column A, a little from column B. I said pizza. I did find I read one tidbit that's so interesting about I'll be back about his his famous line I'll uh-huh. be back. Oh, about the contraction? Yeah, he 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 wanted to say I will be back and James Cameron was like no, it, it, I'll be back. I'll be back. That's the phrase. And okay. he's he didn't like the contraction because and he had two arguments for it one of which i think is a decent argument which is yes. it's more robotic to say i will be back and yeah. that sounds he's not he's a machine why would he uh-huh. make a contraction but then he said it's too feminine it makes me sound too feminine to contract the words i will i'm not a girl well i read somewhere that he wow. he couldn't say it because of his accent he couldn't get the i'll I sounded that's, weird. That, no, what I what I what I read said that he thought it was too it, it weakened him somehow. It was too soft a phrasing. Uh, I mean that the other might be true as well, but uh, wow. that uh, that didn't come up in what I read. And that James Cameron said, <laughs> and here's another issue when <laughs> you think about it. He said 
uh, like, I don't tell you how to act, so don't tell me how to write. And, <gasps> and that, and that, and Schwarzenegger was like, okay, fine. But, but isn't that funny? That I don't was tell the you winning how to act, argument. But that's your job. You're the director. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'd be a little better. No, but I do think he's good in it. And, you know, and he doesn't, he's like not uh, clearly, uh, I think he's like he gets he gets the actors he gets he gets great actors he gets you know novice actors and he he yeah. he's a great filmmaker but yeah I don't think he's you, you can tell from other things like Titanic this and that it's like when you got Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio they're going to carry it over the finish line and sure. maybe Billy Zane's going to be a little arch because you're not <laughs> that kind of director you're not an actor right. you know you're not, not just digging into yeah. the, the subtleties and nuances of performance but that's very true yeah. but like script it. wise I mean he put together it's, it's, it's great whether it's him and gail and heard i mean the yeah. story is i mean yes there's the time travel aspects that you can sort of you know you're, you go michael ironside scanners on and have your head explode <laughs> but it's a it's a tight story and it moves and there's it's it's i love how it's set up there's such mystery you know that was the thing for me watching mm. it this time is i kept having to say no okay no what would it be like to not know anything to yeah. not know anything what's going on because you don't know what Reese is doing there. You know, there's no. even that moment where yeah, that that true. it's it, that iconic scene in in the Tech Noir Club yeah. where it's sort of that POV and you know seeing Linda Hamilton yeah. sitting there. She thinks but there Reese is, is shot killer. Yeah. yeah, she sees Reese and she's freaked out. She's like, oh, fuck, is that the guy who's yeah. killing all the Sarah right. Connors? So you don't know what he's doing there. You don't know why. Schwarzenegger's going around killing all these Sarah Connors. It's really, there, there's quite a bit of movie before you find out. I mean, now we That's all right. know it's just become part of, you know, the, you know, our culture and our yeah. DNA. We, it's, it's, you know, it's part of, it's one of our myths, yeah. you know, that we, we know it so well. So I was really thinking, shit, what would it be like to not know what was going on here? Mm. And in that sense, story-wise, I think it's they, they do a great job. She's fantastic in it, Linda Hamilton. Oh, Linda Hamilton's no great. She's yeah. really she's, good. She's I love her fun. look in the movie. She's got such a great, it's just such a, I don't know, a different, I mean, she's got that 80s thing with the Maybe. hair. There's yeah. something yeah. Very, lion's mane. It's like the MGM yeah. lion. There's strike, something striking about her in this movie. And she's, it's, and especially, you know, you go from this to Terminator 2, like that, yeah. that's a great arc, what she does. Isn't that great? Yeah. I, I love it's her great within yeah. this yeah. movie, how she's starting to take on the mantle. You're like, right. she's like, I, I, can you believe I'd be the kind of woman to be the, the yeah. you know, that I, I'm going to not just give birth. It's one thing to say, I happen yeah. to give birth to a person who makes himself this savior, but so much of what he becomes and what he does, he attributes to his mother and the right. strength that she gave him and how, what, how she fought and how she stood up and how she taught him. And, and she's like, I'm not that person, but you see even over the course of the, uh, over the course of this movie, how she starts becoming that person. And then of course in Terminator two, it's a, it's, it's, she's a fuller version of that. We see her really yeah. well on the way to That's right. uh, being that character. But I think it's great. Like when she, uh, she dresses his hand, his hand. She does the field and, yeah, dressing. Yeah. That's a great field dressing. And she's like, Oh, yeah. it's the first one I've ever done. I've never done it before. Well, Whatever she says, it's like, she, yeah, yeah, she's coming she, into herself. And she starts it's, out yeah. the movie as a waitress who can barely get the orders right. And is dropping <laughs> yeah. stuff and spilling coffee on people and, you know, getting stood up for dates and things like that. Yeah. And by the end of this, she is a warrior. Yeah. Just like, you know, she, she becomes in, you know, she, she's on the path to becoming who she becomes in Terminator too. Not that they 
knew that 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 was coming, but she plays it so so well and so subtly in those in those final scenes, even though she's running for her life and anything. One of my favorite moments is you know she's the Terminator. Reese puts the final like pipe bomb inside the Terminator. That's mm. one of my favorite moments because you see the Terminator have its one moment of panic, even <laughs> yeah. though it's even yeah. though it's a even though it's a it's a stop motion animation thing, which is so great because that harkens all right back to like. Those great Harryhausen, you know, yes. movies and Sinbad and and all of that stuff. It's so great the way that that is basically yes. a, a metal skeleton. It's awesome. But anyway, it looks down and it tries to get the pipe on it. It gets exploded and a piece of shrapnel goes into her leg. And it's like that that right there would have stopped anybody else cold. But mm-hmm. she gets that shard of metal out of her leg, even though it's incredibly painful, and then keeps going. And then kills him, the machine, with a machine. And it's like, yeah, that's the that's the warrior right there, yeah. you know, and she's becoming that person. I never got until this rewatch, never, ever got the reason she has the dog at the end. Because the dogs can spot Terminators. They spot the Terminators. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't catch I that. never, I, you know, I always was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, and she got a dog. That's nice. It's like, no, dummy. <laughs> she got a dog because throughout this movie, the dogs are Barking at the Terminators. They know yeah. they, they're the she protectors. She knows she's preparing at that point. I yes, always love that. As a kid, ready. we 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 figured that out. So like, that's cool. great. She's she's getting ready. Yeah. And then it's such, you know, when when the kids take the picture, again, it's one of those things where now we know. Well, I guess you didn't, Jason. I don't know, yeah. but I, I you know, I was blown away with that moment where mm-hmm. the kid runs up and takes the picture, and then you see and you're like, oh shit, that's, that's a dog it. Picture. Yeah. But I loved cool. and going back, we're talking about Reese and that that picture. I I love I love the fact that, yeah, exactly what you said, uh, Dan, that this is all he knows. And he says he's a soldier. He he says right off the start, he's like, I don't know about tech stuff. Right. You know, like I love when he's being interrogated and he's got no time for this, but he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't fucking explain it. There is no, this is, this just is what it is. And all I know, like, I don't, don't ask me to explain it because I don't know how shit was made. All I know is this thing will not stop and it's fucking coming. (laughs) And my job here is to protect her. He also happens to love her, which I think is a great thing, how he would just yeah. stare at that photo. Like, I really like that. That was the one. Love. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all he knows of love, yeah. That's just staring at this woman, photo. this woman who's not covered in ash and, right. you know, half, you know, their yeah. skin is charred mm. off, you know. Right. I, I love that aspect of it. And that's a, that's a really scary scene, too, when it goes into the future. And then you see the other Terminator come oh when you God. first you hear the I dogs did. barking. Yeah. About that and just, that's a fucking terrifying scene. Ugh. That Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. You know, you you look at movies that uh, what you were saying before that sort of glorifies that violence a bit more that makes it like exciting and cool. I don't think this is a violent movie. I don't think this does that. I think this shows it's such a dark movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, we that it, it is something that we're consuming and seeing all that carnage. We're taking that mm-hmm. in and that's going to do something. But I also think it shows it in a very 
I don't remember watching this movie as a kid and being like, yeah, I'm going to fucking shoot guns. And do. there were other movies right. that certainly made me feel that way. They were like, yeah, let's go out and play Rambo or something or Night whatever. Hawks <laughs> was like that for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah. So there's a difference between the glorification in some movies like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's very true. Uh, when do we think the singularity will actually happen? When will the machines, when will our phones and computers actually gain consciousness and destroy us all? And are we already there? It's sort of happening. I think we're 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 almost there. there. Like he talks about it. I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, prescient because the, they are, the intelligence is so advanced and, and we're seeing it all over the place. It's like, yeah, it, you may, I mean, it always used to seem like a ridiculous idea. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's a lot of things happening in the world right now that seems like ridiculous ideas, you know, falling of democracy, the fact mm. that, you know, the planet's going to get too <laughs> hot for us to live on. These right. all seem like fantasies that, you know, couldn't, but it's like you yeah. leave anything unchecked long enough and it's possible. So, yeah. Is there the oversight to keep that from happening? Can we even, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you were probably making a joke, but I'm, no. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I do. Think Listen, I got it. a, I got a phone call the other day from algorithm. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> I didn't, I hung up, but Wasn't I mean, a character I from a Joe get, Dolce song. Yeah. Hey, algorithm, you touching my car. I come back in time and breaking your face. Al got no rhythm is what Joe Dolce would say. <laughs> into my sea, into your sea. Oh, oh no. What's the you, hey. Reese? Why are you looking so sad, Sarah? <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Oh, uh, did you notice the shirt that she's wearing before she goes out? It's a Jetson shirt. I was like, that's fantastic. The family of the future. A cool future. Yeah. Yeah. A cool future. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yes. That that is a great moment when she says, it's right before they, they, before intimacy occurs. Where she says <laughs> the Joe Dolce song? Yes. Where she said this probably is where it played. Um <laughs> while they were making making the love. I'm making yeah. the love. Shut up in your face, I'm making the love. Um <laughs> What's the matter you? What's the matter you? <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> I'm gonna be back. Merely give me the gun. It's not so fun. Uzi in your face. <laughs> Yes, let's not do a contraction. Hey, uh, you're Lance Henriksen. I'm sorry. No, but the, he's so good. He's so good. Um, it's really great. Uh, Bill Paxton in the beginning. Bill Paxton. This was, this was the first. I this, was Bill Paxton it. was one of the punks in the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this was the first movie, and he said, and apparently the story was, goes that Paxton was like, "I want to be in every single one of your movies." And then and, was, and he he was. The, was he the one who looks down at the Terminator's cock? Because that's a great shot that I. Yeah, I forgot. He's the one no, with that, the spikes, the spiked hair. Jesus. Yeah. Is that the kid who? Does, there is one of them who. Because he walks up to them naked and they're like, and there is a shot and the the guy in the foreground, you see his eyes go down and he's like, again, it's like a Philip Seymour Hoffman looking at Dirk Diggler. (laughs) He's like, he's like, huh, all right. (laughs) It's really good. And I was like, I was like, I'm glad that's in there because one of these guys, they're not just going to be like, hey, naked, strong man. Oh, what's the matter? You've got clothes. You know, they're going to be like. What has he got down there? Oh, 
But, you know, it, it, it was very, yes, I, I like the realism of one of the punks checking out Arnold's future package. Um, <laughs> but no, but my, but my point was, what I was going to say is there's a great line Linda Hamilton says where she's, I, I don't know if she says it's, it's never going to end or it's never, it's right. not going to get better. It's never going to be It's over. never going to stop. It's never going to stop. I think it, Something yeah. like that where she is like, you know, they're doing this and you think, that's a great thing about the movie, which is beating the Terminator, surviving yes. does not equal happy ending. It equals no. now we get to now when the nuclear holocaust happens, yeah. my mm-hmm. son will be the one to eventually raise a faction up against the machines eventually. And yep. we and it'll still be shit and we don't know. It'll never be like this again. You know, it's like. It's part of that thing that we still are grappling with, but you think in terms of like COVID or something or, or climate change, where you're like, there's a, there's, there's certain things we're never really going to go back to. Right. But hopefully we can stave off the worst of it and then maybe humanity will survive. That is fucking bleak. You know, that what you're fighting (laughs) for is like a a glimmer of hope after the nuclear war that's definitely coming. That's crazy. But that being said, Reese says several times in this, the future is not set. Right. And there is the teeny weeny glimmer of hope, you know, um, is is that that's part of it is part of it is that it's not absolutely 100 percent set in stone. And you see that a little bit in the sequel where she's like trying to basically warn the world about what's coming. You know, yeah, I just don't remember the sequel. Do they ever avoid the nuclear holocaust or it happens in every version? It happens. Yeah, no, because I think in the third one, those are the I've I've seen, you know, one, two and three. Yeah, I, I seem to remember. I mean, I'm ex- I actually really want to watch two again because I remember loving yeah. it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And I remember, I saw three in the theaters and I remember liking Me it. Me but too. I, I, I feel like it does end with the, with the inevitable. Yes, yeah. it, do- it does. That's my recollection yeah. too. So I'm wondering if in every permutation it does it does do that. But but I kind of like, you know, and that was the other thing I, I kept thinking during this, in addition to the, well, who's John Connor's father and like trying to get my head wrapped around that. Right. I was also like, well, all of these things, if she was on a track to have a child that Mm -hmm. would be John Connor in, in a quote unquote normal life, you know, some boyfriend of hers, she would, all these things that are happening now, like they're going to throw her, you know, it's that butterfly effect times a gajillion. Like there's no way she's ever going to land on the day and the time with the guy and the, the one sperm that's going to make, unless it is this situation, it's got to be circular or there's no way she would ever arrive at the point that she would bear that child. You know what I mean? So many things have taken her off course but then the truth is no it's all taken her on course so now okay yeah. my issue with the movie that i thought was a flaw is i guess uh it's 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 brilliant <laughs> i mean maybe it's not maybe brilliance too strong a word but it's like but by its own rules it achieves its own kind of perfection right so that's, that's right and 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 it and it you know the time loop thing really has no it has so many different sort of loops within it it's like okay if she doesn't let, let's say what you're saying is right and she doesn't meet reese but still has a boyfriend gives birth to a kid names it john it grows up to it she's not going to train that john connor to know 
anything mm-hmm. about the future. She's not going to become a badass warrior who then trains her son to become a badass warrior and a leader because she doesn't know what's coming. So it has to be this. Yeah. Now, the, but the question is, did John Connor say to Reese, you know, you have to go back and impregnate my mom and make me, you know what I mean? Did he, I don't, I don't know that it's that, you know, that, that I don't oh, get I that impression. That, I you know, that, isn't that in, the, don't, don't we see that in the Christian Bale one? Isn't there a scene where he's like, look, you're going to go back. Go, oh, fuck my mother. Go back. You have to go back. Harvey. <laughs> Harvey, go Is back. It, go to her out. She's got a vinyl collection. There's one album in particular. It's called Joe Dolce. <laughs> Intimacy. You put that on, she'll do anything. It's the B-side. she's got to do anything. Make sure it's the B-side. Because I'm a mother lover. You're a mother How many Sheilas? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dick Miller. I'm no, not the rapping Duke. Don't play the rapping <laughs> Duke. Don't. No. She likes it. We all <laughs> like the rapping Duke. It's not going to do what you need it to do. <laughs> no, no, not not the curly shuffle. Take, get, no. I'm telling you, intimacy. rap is great for foreplay. <laughs> but to get this done... Do the Donkey Kong? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> but then Perhaps. it's going to be all freaky deaky sh- crazy sex and you don't want that. You don't want that. You have to make me. I can't be born <laughs> of that. I can't be born <laughs> of that. Listen, start with Hello Mother, Hello Father <laughs> and take it from there. Play a little bit of Pat Cooper. <laughs> Some Pac-Man fever. <laughs> then, Billy, then right before, right at the moment. The moment of conception, Billy Crystal's You Look Marvelous. <laughs> and while you're smoking cigarettes after, a little bit of the wrestling album. Why not? <laughs> you're one year before The Goonies Are Good Enough is released, but she she, she used to press that to her swollen, impregnated belly. And I do remember hearing in the womb, The Goonies Are Good Enough. And then I saw the Goonies at some point in that hollowed out TV. I was able to get some reception and it was not good enough. It's pretty weak, but, but good enough for you. But the nostalgia factor. Anyway, Sheila's. I'm going to say nine. Me too. Me too. Nine 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 nine. Turn them upside down. It's the number of the we beast. We did that last week, didn't we? Didn't we have three nines for? Uh... We might. Oh have no no no! You went ahead uh, and gave uh, injustice for all a nine point two nine point two something. Yeah. Oh, so that's why should you should do the so... same thing here. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can do what you want. But I thought we had a uh, try nine. Last I'm going to give this a nine. I'm going to give the sequel that's all set to novelty songs a ten. <laughs> I would love that. The script that That's what we, we guys need. We need her in the aisles version, like just a, yes. a Terminator supercut with a re-release it in theaters with just the all the novelty songs through. of the 80s playing over it. Right? And yes. Donald Pleasance just <laughs> furiously saying, first there was Alan Sherman. We listened to Alan Sherman because we were horny. Then no Poker's on 45. Weird Alan 3D. <laughs> 
coming at ya. Al was weird, <laughs> but why? <laughs> but why was he weird? Is it because we were weird? <laughs> anyway, here's my baloney. And here's my baloney. <laughs> my baloney. Oh the my Nancy God. Allen, that is a scary baloney. Nine, 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 nine. Um, nine. To quote Tote, nine. To, sorry. Nine. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Wasn't that, that was my favorite children's book? To quote Tote. <laughs> nine, Mr. nine, Tote nine. And his friends. Mr. Tote's wild <laughs> Mr. Tote's wild right? That's, that's what they called Rudas of the Lost Ark in Germany. <laughs> it's the sympathetic story of a young Nazi who's just trying to find a pretty ark to give to Defure. Just trying to find religion. Oh, somebody please edit that. Put that together. Oh, that's <laughs> wild ride. Wild ride. A so wacky good. tale of a misunderstood Nazi. Who's just looking for an arc? <laughs> oh God, that's fantastic! Yeah. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Thank you so so much for uh, joining us for another episode of Opening Weekend. The Halloween hijinks continue next episode as we revisit November thirteenth, nineteen ninety two, and the wide release of Bram Stoker's Dracula, starring Gary Oldman. Ooh, that same date saw the limited release of Walt Disney's Aladdin, starring Robin Williams. So we'll be talking about both of those movies and lots more next time on Opening Weekend. Dan, what you got? Oh, my God. I truly didn't think about that. Let's do a... Yeah, I think we got to do a little... Just go... That's all you got to do. Just squeeze that out. Do that. And then can you get some Joe, Joe Dolce me, in there as well? Can go from one to the can other. Can you do Let's it simultaneously? It. The dissonance? Can you, can you, with each? I guess you need those hands to be in tandem. Uh, but she said to, yeah. to Michael <laughs> Dean. To Donald Pleasance. I guess you need those hands to be in tandem, huh? All right. Well, I've never been with a woman. <laughs> I don't even know what tandem means. <laughs> I don't know tech stuff. All right, here we go. bleak if we've got <laughs> if a human being can make their hands do that there's hope but just remember so. you touching my car I'm breaking your fucking face <laughs> yeah how did Scorsese not use that in a movie right <laughs> that was the original title of Mean Streets I think I think Bye, everybody. Happy Halloween. Three days ago or whenever you're listening to this. (laughs) Cubert. The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. 
Thank you for listening. 